0: I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company and today I'm thrilled to be talking about the wonderful film Flora and Son. We are joined by writer and director John Carney, music producer and composer Gary Clark, and producer Anthony Bregman. And John, starting with you, I wanted to talk a little bit about the partnership that you had with Eve Hewson and really developing the character of Flora and just the way that the two of you really allowed her to be a character that has a lot of sharp edges. um, But we understand where a lot of them came from and then finding how much did you want to soften those edges throughout the journey of the film because you don't completely flip her into someone completely different who's suddenly a very soft person she still has those edges but in a very different kind of loving caring way with her son
1: well i'll credit a friend and collaborator of mine tom hall who i've worked with a hundred times and i gave the script early on to him to have a read through he's a fellow writer director and he came back to me with one note which was like the script's really great but don't turn her into john carney in the last third (laughs) (laughs) and it was a very helpful note because it was like oh yeah i'm i i am actually getting her just to speak a bit like me and you know start to kind of break through and it was bullshit, and it was a good note uh and and it's very important not to do that exact thing but eve owned that you know it's one thing to write a character who's has sharp edges and you feel good about yourself as a writer and you're like oh i didn't just write black and white you know good bad evil you know i wrote a complex tony soprano like character but when you get James Gandolfini or Eve to play a role, then you're doubly blessed because it's like now it's up to the actor to sell that to an audience to go, you can look at me and hate me that minute, but you'll like me this minute. Then I'll make you laugh. Then I'll trip you up. Then I'll be bad again. Then I'll... And that's what great acting really is, you know, is the idea that I can do a shitty thing, but you can understand my, I can, as an actor, I can make you understand why I did that.
0: And, and Gary, in doing the music for a film like this, what I love is we get these kind of finished versions of songs, but we also get to see the journey of, of music coming together and really look at kind of the, the process and the creative side of composition from characters who are just learning it themselves. And so I was really interested in, in that facet of your job being something very different, where it's not just about what does the final version sound like, but what are those little elements and building blocks going to look like along the way?
2: Yeah, well, we kind of... We had to really reverse engineer those things in a way. What we did was write the finished version of the song, or the better version of the song, and then sort of go, well, what's the journey to this song? Um, Because it's not the same journey as you'd write in it. You've got to write Joe Gordon-Levitt, or Jeff, as he's called in in the movie. You've got to write his journey. What would he write before Flora helps him elevate this? This song. It was really fascinating. I'd never done anything like it before in my life. But it was a great process. It was fun.
0: I love that. And and Anthony, in in talking about the the pre-production and kind of story development phase of of making a film with John, um, this this film must be a little bit different in terms of that stage of development because you have the script as a whole and and there's a lot of conversations about story and character at that stage of filmmaking. And yet with this, there were kind of these, these pieces that were still coming together because music composition and certain songs were written during production. Um, and so how did those conversations and that idea of like shaping character and shaping story flow a little bit differently knowing, okay, well, here's a page where we will have something, but we're still on the journey to figure out what this piece is going to be and that's okay.
3: Well, it's terrifying, um, and it's, 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 it's definitely, you know, the, it, it, it makes everyone's, you know, job a lot easier when everything is known beforehand. But I will, I will say that, you know, in terms of the music and in terms of other elements of, of, of the filmmaking process on any John Carney movie, that there is a unpredictability, there is a, um, a, a kind of unsettledness about it that makes the movies uh sing uh to to use a bad metaphor (laughs) um but the but but really it's it's the his movies feel alive because they're not you know pre-produced exactly in the way that they're going to be produced they 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 feel real and they feel unpredictable and interesting and funny in surprising ways because they're really coming together as he goes along. And John, who comes from music himself, is a is a a band leader, you know, and he is using everybody in the process: the actors, the crew, the locations, the, uh, Gary mm-hmm. to, as part of this process of creating things as it goes along and 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 inventing kind of the intention integrity and authenticity of the world that he's shooting, because the circumstances around the shooting are really authentic because they're happening as, as we shoot.
0: Yeah. And and John and Anthony, I wanted to ask the two of you a little bit about determining how you were going to film the scenes between Flora and Jeff, um, you know, because you're kind of leaning into this, this modern day kind of like Zoom element where they're on video conference with each other for her guitar lessons and songwriting together. And yet there's such an intimacy in the way that it's captured because of how you kind of built spaces for them to physically be next to each other in rooms next to each other with earpieces and, mm-hmm. um, you know, using more than one camera crew. And so I was just interested in the conversation conversations that led up to figuring out not just the logistical elements, but what was important for the emotional heartbeat of those scenes?
1: Hmm. Well, I think that, that, that probably (laughs) to illustrate Anthony's previous point, I was like, will we do it on zoom and film it? And he was probably like, I think we're going to have to do a little bit more filmmaking. And so he called a very important production meeting in which we actually ironed out the surprising and many, and numerous tricky parts of of making something seem very simple and uh so yeah and it was so so there's a lot to take into account you don't want the echo to be coming across the screens you don't want them to be looking in the wrong place so in order to make something as kind of banal and ordinary and as everyday as a zoom call um you you you, you're wise to to set it up correctly and um so it was interesting and it was very good to have joe and eve on sets next to each other because we could break from a take and they could go and they could meet and they could have a little conversation in real life and then bring that back to their characters um so so that was a kind of an interesting challenge to make something you know because zoom is a phone call and but but you'll see good good directors you know like when you see somebody doing like a period film and doing an important or there's great important phone calls and like uh all the president's man You know, there's something as banal as a phone call, but it's like a whole plot turns on 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 this little device between two people who are two thousand miles away and you're like there's a moment of tension with music. It seems banal and it seems ordinary, but if it's when it's done well, that's when you can actually get into the characters and development and get emotionally invested in the thing.
0: And and for you, Anthony, what felt like the important aspects as as you were trying to really figure out those particular puzzle pieces?
3: Yeah, I think that the important thing was to try to create an authentic moment between them. Because the easy way of doing it is you shoot Joe's part, and then, a week later, you move into the into eve 's apartment and you shoot eve 's part, and then they 're just playing off of each other 's recording and Really, what we wanted to preserve here was a real authentic connection between the two characters because it 's happening <clears throat> at, as they 're speaking, and they're responding to the little nuances of of, of each other 's performance that can you know add something to, to their end so for that, you go to tremendous lengths to create this you know, a set for, for, uh, for Joe's character that is, is in, in Los Angeles, but it's, you know, shooting it in, in Ireland in a, in a, in a, and then you have to build like a soundproof box around it and then have these, you know, we had, you know, we shot, you know, the background of his window out in Los Angeles and then projected it so that it's a moving, a moving picture. There's all sorts of like complicated things that get created from that. But the, the overriding idea was. How can we make sure that these two actors are connecting and interacting with each other in real life?
0: And I also wanted to ask the three of you about some of the intricacies when it comes to the sound design on the music and kind of how you came to certain delineations with that, because when you have scenes where you have Jeff on a computer and he's playing through the screen, there's a slightly different sound quality of it coming out of a computer speaker versus when he kind of physically steps into the scene, the sound suddenly changes to feel like he's present in the moment. And even the performance at the end with them all in the bar, the sound for that's different to, you know, Flora playing in her house by herself with her son and so how did you kind of figure out the intricacies of what the particular sounds needed to be to have that level of kind of like quiet authenticity throughout the film
2: well in those moments that you mentioned they were recorded live and then if we did if there was a cut say when joseph appears in the room with eve we just cut those two live pieces of music together luckily they worked but the um they were recorded really well by our sound engineer on on set and then those really cinematic tricks of making you feel like he's in on a computer and stuff was done by uh, the sound mix for the picture mix so um I didn't really have to do anything technical on those they were just recorded we we, well we discussed how we were going to record it because it is quite tricky when you've got a lot of microphones in a room and you want to kind of have a separate guitar so there were mics inside the guitars and there was the mics on the sides of the computers and stuff but basically it was just we just made sure it was recorded really well to give us options yeah. so.
0: That's great, and and John, in talking a little bit about the script, you know, one of the beautiful things in this film is you have these two characters that are really struggling to communicate with one another, and they kind of find this this different level of communication and connectivity through music. You know, in terms of the relationship of her and her son, um, and so when you were writing a lot of the the dialogue, how did that influence the way that you were writing that in terms of you know what are the things they would actually say out loud to each other as characters versus what are the things that they really struggle to communicate and they can only communicate in this other form of communication.
1: Well, that's the crux of the movie right there for, for, for that you've just stated. You know, there are two people that are across the hall from each other in their house and they're very, very close mm-hmm. geographically, but they don't talk and they slam doors and slap and, communi- and miscommunicate and misread each other. Um, and it's not until, I mean, now that I think of it, that analogy is painfully sort of current at the moment of people who live close to each other not getting getting on and finding a way of you know which is what i think we do with our families all the time because we love our family but they bore the hell out of us and they frustrate the hell out of us and it's funny because we love them like i have two kids at the moment and they pretend that they don't love each other at home but if anything anybody says anything about either one of them away they'll defend each other so they do but they don't so they And a mom and a son living together who are of similar age, you know, they're kind of more like brother and sister, which was a kind of a note we decided on earlier, early on. She was so young when she had this kid, but they find a, a new way of kind of communicating. And they're able to say important things to each other through that scene in the end where she's able to say, I made the mistake of trying to live your life or trying to get you to live my life. And I'm not doing that anymore. I'm gonna live my life and it's over here. And you can come into and he comes back to her with this rap in a weird sort of like tick, you know, because I never thanked my mother for stuff she did for me because it just would have been fake. So I never had that Hollywood moment when I said, you know what, Mom? Thanks. It just didn't happen because Irish people don't talk like that. But they do make films for their mothers years later, or write rap songs, or you know, you have to find the clues, and that's the sort of subtlety of human interaction. It's like it should never be literal and you should always have to search for a little bit and particularly in movies anyway.
0: And and in terms of particularly that song at the end, um, I, I wanted to ask you and, and Gary about writing a song and kind of like finding those edges where it doesn't need to be quite as finely tuned and polished because usually when you're writing music you're trying to write the best song and, and make it as polished as possible but for this it's a 14 year old boy who's like been teaching himself and he's got some you know he's got an inherent skill for it but he's still learning you know and his mom is doing this for the first time and it's a vulnerable space for her so she has nerves coming into it um, and so how did that influence the way that you were putting together composing and, and producing this performance and this song for the culmination of the film but making sure that it Still felt very realistic to the who the characters are.
1: Well, that's precisely why I think we should win an Oscar for it <laughs> because <laughs> it's like you couldn't get because we were like, it can't be. This is real <clears throat> musical filmmaking, and the more truthful that gets in cinema for me, the better films are going to get. So the more, the less about writing the most incredible song because we've seen from Taylor Swift, she can make fifty of them. You know, great songwriters can bang, 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 bang. great song, great song, great song. What is it like to write a song that isn't just about being the best song in the world? Because even though that's hard, there are millions of brilliant songs out there. They're on YouTube and on trillions of incredibly brilliant songs. What is it to make a song uh, that that has flaws in it, that does go on a bit too long, but, but is about character and about drama and about plot development um for example you could say singing in the rain is not the best tin panali song I've ever written it really isn't you know um it's a naive nice thing it's a, but it for that scene with the umbrella and the seven shots and the rain and just, it's 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 a new art form and i'm not saying that it's a flawed song but it's a simple song it shouldn't be the song the, the, that it is in, in, the, in the world. But what makes it so brilliant is that it's exactly as that character is feeling, falling in love and singing in the rain and fuck the umbrella, let's go out. And... So to me, movies that manage to incorporate songs into their narrative and drama and character um, are, the exci- are the exciting ones that sort of deserve to be sort of acknowledged a little bit. And it was so much fun creating that song for those characters at their time in the life, not just writing the best song ever, but writing it for the four or five characters that you're seeing on stage that you now know and love and are interested in.
2: Yeah, and sort of technically of the creation of that track, that was going on even when the picture edit was going on. We'd look at things and go, hmm, let's put some real drums on there or let's put uh, that, because o- Oren, who, who plays Max, was playing the drum machine and it just looked like it was slightly out of time where the original thing was bang on the beat. And so we just moved the drum machine beats out to match him. And then, and John asked me to loosen up Flora's performance in the first verse because she was not going to be as confident. So I replayed the guitar with a bit looser kind of feel. And then we went back to the takes that we'd recorded with Eve on the recording day and found some of our really early takes, which is less confident. And so, with, with the process, Went on right the way through from it. That song started as a, a demo that John sent me on GarageBand that he'd started, and then I think I added an acoustic guitar because a new floor. I knew Flora was going to be playing acoustic guitar, and then it just we it, it it was built up all the way through the filmmaking. Even the the day that they shot, it would have been a, a different track to what we ended up with in the in the end, you know. So it was the, the music was chasing the film as much as the film was chasing the music
3: you know? yeah it's kind of fascinating to watch because on the surface the songs feel pretty pretty simple but they're unbelievably complex not 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 just melodically and instrumentally like gary's saying but also because of what they're doing in the scene and what they're doing in the movie what their purpose is it is very very complex and is calibrated over and over and over throughout the entire process of making the movie. Mm.
0: And and lastly, for you, John, um, I wanted to ask about how you kind of determined what is the end point for Flora as a character in this film? Because, uh, you know, it feels like it was so important that it wasn't all of a sudden she's going to have this meteoric rise to success as a musician, but it's about what does it do for her in her personal life and the confidence that it gives her? Yeah. So it's more of an introspective journey. So how did you find how much growth you wanted to give her versus how much growth you still wanted to leave us with for her to have in the future
1: it's the it's the tricky question because you know when you're doing it there's like I have to be true to the character but I know there's going to be people who are moaning about the film not having the big climactic ending but you're like that's the I, I have to avoid the temptation to ever have her achieve too much and for some people you know thankfully it's very small numbers that's not enough you know they're looking for something more epic which is fine and we go to the movies to see big things happen and that's fine but we also need movies to ground us and to go and firstly also i think that's a huge journey for flora and i think that she's made a massive massive step to be able to go from her situation at the beginning of the movie to actually playing a song live with her son on stage in front of people from from her neighborhood that's terrifying and it's a massive massive step but you know it's not about her playing in front of a thousand completely quiet people and everybody listening and or the grammys or i mean clearly uh it's not that type of movie so and i wanted the film just to feel like it had run out of film in fact that's a very good way (laughs) I, i feel like the last sequence of a movie should be it should just feel like everybody went (laughs) And that's kind of it we got to finish and that's where i wanted to leave her you know there's little little bits of progress but she's nowhere near you know the 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 where she where she might end up
0: i I love that analogy for the ending well thank you so much to all three of you for talking about the film it's such a beautiful film that i love more and more every time i watch it so thank you so much for your time today thank Thank you. you
3: thank you